Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an episode of The Ace List Live. This podcast has been recorded live during a live stream, which was broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. This is an audio-only version of that recording. George, good morning, buddy. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. I'm so happy to see you. I love very, your new very haircut. Happy to see you. Oh, thank you very much. Very, very, very happy to see you. Oh. Where, where are you today you. in the world, George? I'm in the Hive, uh, our townhouse in the center of Mayfair, just behind the Dorchester. So oh, it's, su it's such a nice place to be. And throughout the whole of this, uh, or the whole of last year, it's been uh, one of my sanctuaries uh, with my team where we've, we've felt like we could actually get on and do stuff and, and have some kind of fun. So it's, it's been really, really good. Amazing. And you guys just opened up after 100 days lockdown, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Um, so it's been it's been a wonderful thing. I even got a little model of my office just so then you can see that right. I that you can see our little office. Nice. Um, yeah, no, we've uh, UK has been in lockdown, but uh, we've just come out of it. And so nice to be back out and kind of uh, seeing things, having haircuts and uh, and actually just in, enjoying, um, you know, the, the weather that's around us. Amazing. So I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much for sitting down for me with me. Um, we aim to keep this under one hour, which will be super difficult because I have so many questions for you. Our viewers have a lot of questions for you. They sent in some questions beforehand as they couldn't join live. Um, quick intro. I call you the grandmaster DJ of rock and roll watchmaking. If I'm not mistaken, you were the first to do the DLC magic on watches. You did it splendidly, not just taking a watch and making it black, but also upgraded dials, watch dials. Ever since you've evolved into literally not only a brand, but a watchmaker, you have your own watch brand. Yeah. And you're making amazing collabs with Tag Heuer, Bulgari, Zenit, Gérard Perego, uh, Bulgari, did I forget any? Casio, indeed, which I need and want, by the way. Yeah. So you've been steamrolling, um, but we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, before we kick off, I'm very curious. What did you strap on today? What did I strap on? A wrist check. I've got the Aqua Racer. Oh. Boom! Both of us have got the Aqua Racer. Okay, so what I'm going to say to you is, and this is a, a weird thing to say, I didn't start this DL, DLC or PVD or MGTC world. I didn't. Okay. If you if you think of black watches, it, I didn't start it. I'd love to say I did, but Porsche no, designed. No, pro, pro, there was something like Pro Hunter, or I don't. Well, even no, but let's go way before that. Tag Heuer and Porsche Design okay. did black watches. You know, and that was in the 70s, I 80s. Have, I have a vintage Carrera from the 70s where half of the PVD is off. Yes. But so, let's call it the, the Neo, the Neo, the retro trend. Who, okay, who so, picked that up? Well, I look, I would say to you is I probably, I, I, 
I with probably another person. It was I. My reaction was: if you imagine Jacob the jeweler, Jacob yeah. the jeweler was massively hot uh, 17, 18 years ago, and it's hot again, I'm sure. But it was all about bling, and the opposite to bling was black. So that's yeah. why I did black. Um, and my first ever watch I customized was a Monaco. Yeah. Um, so that was the great thing was it, it was just the first ever watch, the first black watch I did. And it was, it was, it was a PVD process. What was, was the year, George? What was the year you started? Uh, 17, 18 years ago. So, okay, so long. amazing. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I've got a few gray hairs in my beard, as you probably can see. So I am, I am getting a bit older as my children say to me. Uh, but it is one of those things that I'm, I, you know, we started and it was, it was just like, Hey, I want to do this for me. And then it snowballed and clients then said, Oh yeah, would you do this? Would you do this? And it's, it just really kind of built out from there. Amazing. So I want to discuss this whole evolution from where you started, where you peaked and the evolution to a brand. But before we do, we have seven DA's list questions that I want to run through with you and by you. And then uh, I want to do a deep dive. Um, first question, what's your favorite watch or jewel and why? Okay. I've got to say my favorite watch and it's not, it's not because it, it's the reason why it's my favorite watch is because of the scarcity, the feeling of it. And just because of where I went to get it and how I got it. And then on my flight back, someone with a very, very, very expensive Patek, I mean, like stupidly, tried to buy it off my wrist and almost swapped me theirs for this. Amazing. Oh, wow, the inventor. So this is the Defy Lab. Yeah. Uh, so there's only 10 of them in the world. Yeah. And I saw the sketches of this on Julien Tonnet and... Uh, Jean-Claude Beaver's desk yeah. before it ever came out. I went over to uh, Switzerland. I went to see the guys and they said, George, what do you think of this? And I just went, this watch is awesome. And mm -hmm. it really is. I mean, for me, I'm very lucky to have it. I'm literally lucky to have it. I changed the strap to a rubber strap, but I'm very lucky to have this. And on my flight home, this guy that was suit and beautiful, I mean, booted and just stunningly kind of designed and everything about him was perfect. He had a stupidly expensive Patek. I mean, like, you know, six figures was kind of normal. Yeah. And anyway, he just went to me and said, how have you got it? And I had a T-shirt, a hoodie, and, a, and, a, uh, and I just looked so scruffy and I had this on my wrist. He was like, how have you got it? And why have you got it? And would you swap it for this watch? And I was just like, no, no, I'm really happy to have it. I love having it. And it wasn't the price of this watch. This watch wasn't expensive, but it's because there's only 10. No, and because of the aerofoam and because of everything. And you know, we it. sold many, but never even got them. So it's even more rare because it, it got dubbed the inventor. Yeah. But we're still waiting for them. So amazing. Cool story. So, so for me, that was the, that was the great thing is it's the Defy Lab, and you know I I remember going to pick this up and I had supper with Julien 
um, and there's three other people there out of the 10, because this was only a limited edition of 10, and they're all unique pieces, and each one of us talked about those unique pieces, and we are just like, this is so cool. And so that, that for me, is one of those watches that, you know, I put on my wrist, and it's 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 a real kind of like, you know you've got it, it's, it's something different, and I put it on my wrist, and I love it. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Second question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, what do I want if to you, be? If when you can I, even say you're growing up already. What do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, um, honestly, I want to be an engineer. Um, I come from a family of engineers, um, and I learned how to weld when I was eight. I learned how to take an engine to bits when I was eight. Uh, you know, so I was always on the shop floor learning about mechanics. So for yeah. me, I always wanted to be an engineer. And... I'm an engineer to a degree, but I. But the thing is, uh, I'm quite dyslexic, so I never, I wasn't very academic. So I always love doing things with my hands, and I'm very visual. So that's yeah. probably why I've kind of gone into this watch world. Nice. And who is your role model? Or who are your role models? <sighs> who are my role models? Someone I look up to. So someone I, I look up to. I, I, you know, I'll sit at his feet and hear him talk. I, I, someone I really think is one of the best people on earth is Jean-Claude Beaver. Um, you know, he is someone that I consider a friend. I look, I, I, anytime he is on anything. He also considers I, you to be a friend because he always says that all over. He places that all over the internet. So, But he is, some, he is someone that, you know, what he is, he has formed the watch world. You know, you've also got to think him. Um, you've got Davide that's going to be coming on hopefully sometime soon, and uh, Jean uh, and um, Gerald Genta. You think of designers. You think of who have changed the watch world, and single-handedly, Jean-Claude Beaver has really changed the watch world. And Gerald Genta. Now, Gerald Genta, I only met once. Uh, no, I met no, I met twice uh, here in London, but. Jean-Claude Beaver is someone that I've spent time with. He, his sayings, what he does, I mean, his quotes. I have a whole wall of quotes, and um, two or three of them are his. And for me, that is to have a role model like that. You know, I could tell you my parents or any of these things, but Jean-Claude Beaver really is that person I look up to. Amazing. Fourth question. If you could teleport tomorrow, where would you go? Um, I miss Japan. I miss, miss, miss Japan. I want to be in Japan uh, in a heartbeat. I, for me, that would be someone somewhere I love, I love, I love. I miss Japan. Um, but I have a bucket list. And my bucket list at the moment is uh, one of the places I want to go is Ethiopia. I've never been to Ethiopia and I, I actually want to put a backpack on and go around Ethiopia because I, I'm like, I want to do that. Um, and there's, you know, there's a few other places. I, I'd love to go surfing in Australia because I haven't done it. Uh, I've been to Australia once and fell in love with it and I want to go back. Um, but Japan is somewhere that I just miss my friends in Japan. I miss seeing them, um, miss there and Korea. You know, those are the two places. And, and actually, you had way on, I would say, Singapore as well. But I kind of think I'd love to be in another country with way and a few of my Singaporean friends just to have something different. Amazing. 
You know that um, Japan is the favorite destination on this show already in uh, both seasons. So interesting. I love Look, I'm, I'm drinking ja Japanese green tea. Okay, so it's yeah. kind of one of those things. Oh, yeah. You're there in, uh, in, in taste. What book are you currently reading or what book recently made an impression on you? Okay, so when I started all of this, uh, so last year when the first lockdown happened, uh, Wei and I did a conversation and I said, the book I love is Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I liked it was it, it was just a cultural kind of, uh, the best way of describing it is cultural and, and um just 80s culture settled in with computers with it was just such a cool book anyway ready player two just came out um mm -hmm. and i i get up at five every morning and i go for a drive i, I drive up to work and i i've just finished ready player two um so it is the same book so you do same, audiobook i do audiobooks audiobook. um and I, I literally, it's taken me X amount of car drives and now I'm on Ready Player Two. That's the book. It is such a great book. Uh, Ready Player One, you've got to listen, you've got to read. Don't watch the movie. The movie is not good. The book is amazing. The music, the whole vibe of it, it is one of those things that you just go, oh my God, and Ready Player Two is exactly the same. I mean, you want the soundtrack from a book that you're listening to or reading. And that's the coolest thing. You want to, you want to go. Oh my God, this has happened. This has happened, and it, it is such a left field book. I could tell you that you know I've got some really clever ones, like you know the leader. Uh, um, uh, you know I've got some post Corona. Um, that was an amazing book uh, from. I've forgotten his name now. Uh, anyway, there's a there's a book called Post Corona that is a really really great book, but it's a very intense business book. These two are just one of those that takes you to another world. And I think at the moment we need that. Um, and that uh, Scott Galloway, Post Corona, is my other book. Um, and I love Scott Galloway. So that's, yeah, mm -hmm. this is, and I love this guy and I love this book. So for me, that's my other book, but that's very businessy. It's like, how do you get out of this crisis? Yeah. But Ready Player One and Two just made me go, oh, yeah, this is cool. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. And Dala, I think we should change our question, not into reading, but in brackets reading, because listening obviously is also uh, the new way of reading. Um, we changed this question. It was always, what do you think is going to be the color of 2021? But I assume you're working on projects for next year already. Did, 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 did everyone respond green last time you asked? Yeah, that. of course. Last year was green. Beginning of this year is green. We just had watches and wonders. We had an explosion of green. You know, I, I think I think there's some really beautiful colours that have come out of Watch the Wonders that people haven't really talked about. One of them is the claret that came out of Cartier. I looked at that claret; it was such a beautiful claret. Um, I think that uh, yes, green. Okay, green, green, green. I, I think there's so many wonderful greens out there. I think um, I love orange. Uh, you know, as we've got an orange behind us at the moment. Um, there's a flame orange on that. Uh, you know, you can even see you know blue and orange work very very well together. Um, I would say to you is that I think there will be some 
other kind of beautiful dark colors coming like a claret i think there'll be a burnt yellow burnt orange mm -hmm. i think those will be the kind of those type of colors the adventurous type colors that you'd want to go if you're asking my colors i would say burnt would be a very very good so burnt orange but you know mm -hmm. those those are those colors that just what's feel your what's your stance of salmon what salmon Salmon, I like. I, I think. I think salmon dials. You know, everyone can say to you, salmon dials are going to come back in, but they haven't gone. They'd never went. No. You know, I think where I look at Claris, and I, I, you know, I love the the Cartier Claris. I thought that yeah. the must that they did with that Cartier dial with that Claris, and and they had a beautiful blue and a Claris, and there was those two were just stunning. And I think, you know, why not Claret? Why not those colours coming back? Yeah. You know. I would say to you, as I'm dropping it in, I love yes. white because I think there's something clean about white. Yeah. I think there's something pure, there's something new. It's opposite to black. But yeah. if you're asking my color, I would say claret. Claret all the way because I think it's something different. I think it works with a suit. It works with black. It works with blue. It works with any color. Claret is a great pot. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Last question. Have you been to Amsterdam? And if so, what's your favorite memory? I don't know if I'm allowed to admit my favorite memories. You are. Went to Amsterdam. Uh, no, Amsterdam. No, no, uh, no Amsterdam. Um, I have some amazing memories. Um, I used to be a photographer, uh, and I, when um, uh, Blake's Hotel opened up in Amsterdam, yeah. I did a photo shoot for them, and it was one of my first big serious jobs. And I was in Amsterdam for about a week photographing guys and girls in Amsterdam, having fun in Amsterdam. And for me, uh, now Blake's has turned to the Dylan, um, and I just loved every minute of it. It was one of those things that I was, I was like, um, it was just amazing. As you can hear, the office is open, so someone's going to be looking after a client. So I'm sorry about that. No um, problem. But good to see you. No, 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 no. What's amazing is one of my teams here to deal with it. But I, what I would say is Amsterdam. I loved every minute of Amsterdam. I still love every minute. I want to get into Amsterdam. You know, I remember the supper club uh, where you sit on beds and you eat beautiful food, and it's just one of those those cities that you know how to smile. You know how to be. And it was just such a great thing. Being often in London, as my wife is uh, English and a born and raised Londoner, London is 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 a is a country in its own. It's so big, and I haven't even discovered every borough. If you had to extrapolate Amsterdam to a neighborhood in London, what do you think comes the closest? Do you know? I'd probably say Soho because Soho is that kind of vibe but you know still, still though? what still though i would say i would say look round liberties around that area mm -hmm. i think is a very very good vibe yeah. uh, you know you could say to me has it it's it's if you know the streets it's easy to walk around it's it's one of those i i, I would definitely i would go that way because i think that you know, I love Soho. I think there is some great sneaker stores, great discovery, great things. I think that for me would be where I'd go. Okay. 
right. Amazing. I know you'd probably say somewhere else, but that's no, 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 no. I'm, this this is a sincere question, but it's funny because Liberty is one of my mo most favorite stores in London. And back in the day when size wasn't commercial yet, I would go behind Liberties to check out the sneakers that yeah. nice today they're bought up in a, a mini footlocker, but that's okay. Um, but if you still walk around there, there is great places to go and great food and you yeah. know there's some there's some cultural things yes there's other parts of london that are probably cooler i'd say that but if you compared amsterdam with somewhere i would say it is it is around liberties i think that yeah. you know you've got a mixture you've got you've got the cultures culturals colliding into one place it, yeah. it makes me smile yeah all right, awesome. Um, so, George, you wanted to be an engineer? Yes. You were a photographer, and if you're once a photographer, you always be a photographer. Do you shoot stuff for the Bamford brands? Uh, no, but I do have my studio that I do. So I have my own uh, photographic studios that uh, do the photographs for us. So, nice. um, so that's a good so, thing. So you hit the big 4-0. You started almost two decades ago, so you're rather young when you got into watches. Yeah. So, what got you into watches? At least I, take us through the journey. So, do, they you have know, do you know I should have brought the watch with me? Uh, it's meant to be with me. Uh, I the first ever watch that I uh, really got me into it. Honestly, yes, there were some other watches that started my love affair. So, the Formula One. Mm -hmm. uh tag Heuer, the original one with a full aluminous dial got me to love watches but the first watch that really put the light bulb moments and you know that cartoon light bulb moment boom was the brightly navato mm -hmm. i've got it it's in my safe at the moment and it's my baby um and or uh, i got given it for christmas by my parents um and because i was a, the ever engineer i used to take uh so i'll take you back a little bit in time i used to take tvs to bits juices all those things make them faster do stupid things with them and because like i am now i used to get up early in the morning and so they'd come down and they're like christ he's taking that to bits this time and so anyway they gave me a brightening advertiser and i had a screwdriver so a glasses screwdriver i had a pen knife and that's it and I'd taken it to bits by Boxing Day. And I'd taken the whole watch to bits. And then For by New Year's... I don't know what Boxing Day is. That's second Christmas Day. So yeah. it's 24 hours, guys. So for 24 hours, I'd taken this watch to bits <laughs> on, on a bed sheet. So I'd be lying on my front doing it on a bed sheet. Uh, I put it together. It didn't... The, okay, the crown of hand didn't work. And some of the things didn't work 100%. But it taught me about the movement and made me fall in love with the movement. See, it was exactly, and it's my what baby. Is this, the it's, six? Yeah, and, it, the, the, and the, you've got, to, I wish I could, I wish I'd brought it because the chips on the back of it and all the scrapes and all the, the damage that I've done to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was, it was one of those watches that, and still to this day, and it's been back to Breitling about, I don't know, 15 times. So how old were you when you got it on Christmas Day? So it's 1996. So, so you were 15. Yeah. 15. Amazing. Yeah. 
So, yeah. and, and I broke the glass, uh, you know, I've broken the glass so many times on it. I have, you know, cause it's such a thin domed glass and you've just got to be careful when you pop out the bezel and it just, everything about it just made me go, wow. And I think that was my light bulb moment. So tell me something, you're vintage 1980, right? Yeah. Did you, cause my gateway drug was also formula one which I had, many of my friends did. I, I recently met uh, Morgan King on Clubhouse, yeah. who is yes. a big collector, and uh, West Coast. I watch all the Talking Watches episodes of Hodinki, but apparently I missed that one. Um, <laughs> you should check that out, because he has a yeah. Carrera chronograph. Oh, really? Where the time function was taken off. So it's just a chronograph on the wrist. Wow. Yeah, so it's the 1963 case. And the dial just has minutes, markers, and a chronograph. I'll send Jeez. it to you later. So I'm totally in love. I'm blown away by that Hoyer. Anyway, so he his gateway drug was also the Formula One. Um, I also have the 806. I love the Navy timers. Navi timers is the Fred Mandelbaum's corrected us. Um, you made a G-Shock. Was that full circle for you? Did you grow up with swatches and G-Shocks like us? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ooh. So how was oh, that yeah. design uh, a, to do a collab with G-Shock? So to, this was... To go flash I, I forward have, into the future. I haven't got the... Uh, I, I normally have on my desk my first ever G-Shock I had that was a bright yellow one, but it was one of these. Yeah. Um, and so I had a bright yellow version of that. Um, and it was one of those things that I was like, this is... When I went backpacking and on holidays and things, I used to always wear this bright yellow G-Shock yeah. uh, that I used to call the Yellow Bird. Yeah. It just made me smile, and it was one of those things. So coming full circle on the G-Shock, hell yes, and baby Gs and all this. My girlfriends used to have baby Gs and just the whole love affair with G-Shock. And, yeah. and I've, I've always kind of had that love affair with G-Shock. Yeah. And Swatch, I mean, Swatch, you, the pop swatches and, and the designs and the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I've always kind of gone flick flacks. When we were yeah. really young, flick flacks, where they kind of, hey, where does the big hand say? Where does the small hand say? I, you're just going... There was so much coolness with with what Swatch did and G-Shock. Um, but the difference, and, you know, someone taught me this, a really great gentleman said to me, said, you've got to realise that you tell the time, sorry, you read the time on a G-Shock, you tell the time on a on a regular. I don't know, yeah. And, and I was just like, so it, this is intuitive, this yeah. is reading. Correct. And I just love the idea that there is two things coming together. Yeah. Amazing. So, okay, sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. So I'm going from beginning Christmas Day and Boxing Day, age 15, to most recent. We'll go back in time. So, okay, so you got the bug from swatches, yeah. G-Jokes, real watchmaking, Tag Hoyer Breitling. Then what happened? Then what happened, I used to go – so I lived in New York. So okay. I, I did university out in New York. Uh, before that, I lived in India, um, and then I lived out in New York. And I basically, I was a photographer out in New York, uh, studying at Parsons College. And uh, I used to on the weekends. Design school, right? Yeah, it's design, design school. school. 
yeah really really great design yeah. school yeah. I, you know very lucky i got into them with photography i don't know why the hell but i had the greatest teachers but it was very it was it was a proper you know you start at uh, nine o'clock in the morning you finish at six o'clock at night and you if you miss a class you're expelled it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those kind of it's not like university here in the uk where you kind of turn up whenever you feel like it but what I, what was amazing about it was there was flea markets and you know they are kind of I, the best way to describe it is this kind of kind of divergence of kind of weird and wonderful things together and that was what i loved and so i used to go to flea markets and trade watches mm. so i used to go and say oh my god that's a bullhead or that's a you know um that's a Kentucky, and I used to swap a Kentucky for a Bullhead or a Silverstone or a, or a Montreal, or and that's how I used to, and I used to just get to know these watches, and then I'd change over the strap, and I and then I'd trade it back to someone else at another flea market a few days later because I'd worn it and I'd gone, yeah, I love it, I know how it works. Now let's get on to the next watch, and that's what I'd do, or or I'd kind of see, you know, I'd take off the back and see how it is, and so you know, for me, like a uh, um, snowdrop, Jaeger-Lecoultre snowdrops. You know, I used to look at those and go, "How does this work?" And it was a Mamavox kind of yeah. alarm system, and I used to just fall in love with things like that. And so that was where I probably my education started was in New York of learning about what watches out there. And I'm still learning. I mean, I'm a, on a what massive- What years were in New York? What years are we talking about? Uh, 2000. Uh, okay, so I, I, was started, there, I was there in 2003. Yeah, so 2000 yeah. for four or five years. And it was, it was, nice. it was, it was-, so it probably, was probably we danced on the same tables at Felix and at Gustavino's under the bridge. Yes, at Lotus. Remember that? Lotus, do you remember? Yeah, Lotus. Yeah, APT. There were so many things yeah. I can, uh, but that was f formative. Felix, I loved with the the uh, the wonderful drinks and the wonderful, uh, and it was just that Sunday brunch. Sunday late afternoons dancing on the tables. Oh my goodness, that that was kind of happy days. But I, yeah. you know, I look back on it and it formed something in me now, and that was the great thing. And yeah. and so each of those formative design eras came out when I was doing stuff there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So then we get the chapter of blackening. Is that correct? So you came back to London? Yeah. Well, no, this was almost before I came back to London. I was doing it. Okay. And uh, excuse me a second. Oh. Um, before I came back to London, I was doing, I was doing, I, I did, a, I did a Monaco and then yeah. people said, could you do this? Could you do this? Could you do this? And so, I started, and it was all done on Hotmail and Yahoo account on emails. So, uh, and it was kind of, you know, can you do it? What can you do? And I was just like, great, I'll do what, you know. So it just started the business. And, you know, for me, that was a great, great start to the business. And it was my hobby. It was, ne I never thought I would be here. I th always thought I was going to be a photographer. And yeah, I did some great jobs. I, you know, worked for Vanity Fair. I worked for Jaguar. I worked for some great brands and great people, and did some awesome photographs. Not to kind of pat myself on the back. It was more I did some great photographs because I had some great art directors that were behind me doing this and saying, yeah. "This is what we want." Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just kind of 
recession hit and I was like my hobby business was making money and photography I was meant to be going up in wages and at the time um, all my all my peers at the time uh, cut all their budgets so they cut all their prices by half and I couldn't afford to carry on so I had to switch out and I moved over to the watches and you know looking back on it 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 was it, it the creativity is still there but it's a different type of creativity. I've got my designers opposite me at the moment. So I'm looking yeah. at their screens and it's absolutely amazing to see, you know, what creativity things we're doing and where we're going. Interesting. So you started off with the Rolex you got gifted by your parents. You started with the Monaco, the Rolex. You got big on the Rolexes. What was pivotal for you to go broader, to widen your horizon? I always wanted to be official. I, I think for me, I, if you ask me, I never liked being in the shade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Jean-Claude Beaver said this, and I, I know I've dropped his name, so I'm going to be picking it up from the ground and saying I've, I've dropped his name too many times. But really, he, he said some amazing things to me, and one of them was, do you want to be like Kodak? Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the watch industry will do personalization. Mm-hmm. So you you can either be a part of the, that or you'll be obsolete. Yeah. And for me, that was kind of like the jaw drop moment of going, oh my goodness. Uh, and then, you know, the friendship of, a, of a, an amazing gentleman changed, changed my perception. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through some, um, I went through some hard stuff as well at the same time um with my family um and so i it was kind of and i'm i'm talking about my immediate my kid and and my wife something something went a bit awry and i and i had a phone call from john claude whilst whilst we were in the hospital and and it was like and he was just being this great friend and he just went come on george just sign it and we're done and and we'll we'll all be together and i was just like this is it felt so right and you know when you know happenstance happens and and that was kind of my the the point where i just went oh, yeah, this, yeah. This, this this works yeah amazing so you've been to india you can call it karma so that opened up the lvma portfolio for you yeah not immediately because i know you went step by step by brand yeah. bulgari came later you branched out to i think it's called the ghost right the laureato yeah an amazing iconic watch that I think is very cool what you did. The ceramic one you just showed us. So for those that don't know, and maybe Dala can pull up a picture. It's it's, it's nicknamed the ghost. Well, actually it is the official name, right? The ghost. Well, it's nicknamed. I I call it the ghost because I I was was going through different names in my, my head and I just, I loved the idea. And, you know, I don't think there needs to be a man or a woman's size watch. And that's yeah. what this is what I love is this yeah. is truly a unisex watch. You know, my wife wears it, my mother wears it, I wear it. Yeah. Um, the thing that is interesting is I don't get as many looks as my wife does. My wife has it on full ceramic. I have it on a rubber, as you can see here. Yeah. And my wife's full ceramic, everyone keeps on going, oh, my God, I love it. Um, so working with Jared Perigo has been absolutely amazing. We, we're working with Frank Miller as well. Yeah, um, that's the newest collab. So I, I think Patrick is amazing. 
Oh, and he, he runs both Ulysse and Jean. He is a rock star. We only work with Ulysse with him. So when is that next? Because I I love that brand as well. Is it coming? Um, Do we uh, have a group here on the Ace List Live? Okay, so no, this is this is what I keep on saying to him. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, 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 for, for our podcast listeners, he pulled up a business card, credit card shaped. One said, make it happen. And the other side said, shock everyone. So for those that are not watching, because we're uploading this later as a podcast, George. Oh. Remind me, by the way, to talk about your podcast series uh, before I forget. Um, so, Ulysse, now my favorite watch you've ever done is the Zenith El Primero Chronomaster together with Fragment. Oh. Again, our, our shared passion for Japan, oh. our shared passion for minimalism. Um, if Dala can pull up the screen, I, I tried to buy it. I hunted it down. I emailed Rebecca McDermott. I emailed Julian. It was out. Tell Gina, me what Gina. you did here, why you did it, and how is it to do a tri-collab? So it's a triangle. It's it's a triangle. So, look, I've, I've done quite a few tri Try collabs. We just yeah. did a Jeff Staples, uh, yeah. Tycoya, um, yeah. Carrera. Um, this Which for pigeon, me, that's for the sneaker heads. Yeah. That's the Pigeon SD SB Dunk oh, into and, a watch, guys. And Jeff is our awesome, young and that watch is just so damn cool. I'm gonna see if I can get, I think we've got one up at the watchmakers. What are the Pigeon, uh, Carreras? Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get one down. Um, cool. We've got one. I noticed on the watchmaker's day, desk. So I'm the fat controller here. I, I I've got screens with everything going on the different desks. This watch, okay. This watch, I had to give my my actual one that I kept for me. Had to go to someone very very special. Um, so you want to tell me you don't have one anymore? I I I it, it, I don't even have an artist proof. I don't have anything. It's one of those things that. It's every time I see it, it it just it pulls here because I'm just like I. But the request was coming from Almighty High, so I just felt like actually that person needs it on their wrist, so they had it on their wrist. So I was very very happy. Um, but for me, this watch is is kind of like um, this this and the brand new one we've just we did with Daniel Arsham, the hand engraved one as well. These sorry, two. Are, Sorry, sorry, to just do a step back. The High Almighty is Hiroshi? No, he's got one. JCB or Julian? Or Mr. Arnaud? I'm not, I, I can't say. I can't say. <laughs> okay. My, right. lip, my lips how, are sealed. How was the, I love that. Discretion is everything in our business. And for a gentleman. Um, how was the um, collaboration with Hiroshi? Because I think oh. he's amazing. Well, Hiroshi and I, we've, we've worked together quite a few times. Uh, Hiroshi is another person that I consider a great friend. I, you know, he is one of the people that when I go over to Japan, I want to go and hang out with. Um, he, he is just one of those that is a true friend, a true person that you just go, uh, I, I, you know, I'm very lucky to have people like that in my life. And, you know, I can probably count them on a few on my hands of the people that you kind of go, you want to hang out with, you want to chat, you want to, 
you just want to kick back and, and just kind of go, what's been happening? And creatively, you feel like something comes out of it. Even though it doesn't, it does. You know, I'm looking at this, you're looking at this. What do we like about this? What's, you know, and it's just textures, feeling, design. It's all of those things that makes me go. So, George, you, know, you cool. the hive there, you mentioned designers, watchers. You actually have an atelier there, right? Yes. You have watchmakers. Yes. You assemble watches. We assemble, so we have on the top floor of the building. So I'm, I'm just going to bring uh -huh. up my wonderful little USB. So yeah. the top floor is the watchmakers. And the reason why I put them on the top floor is because we've got a vaulted ceiling. So it's yeah. beautiful, like light, white area. We've got some amazing windows. Then we have, uh, so that we've got an R&D department. And then mm -hmm. we've got uh, the biggest rooms are the um, client rooms. So uh, I'm right here. So if you can see, that's our front door. I'm I'm actually this side. I'm right here. Yeah. Uh, and then in the basement, we've got um, watches coming in and going out of the business. So whilst I'm here, the designers are, are kind of literally opposite me. Mm -hmm. So they they've heard some of these questions. I'm seeing if he does get the watch for me. I think he may. Um, but. Um, it is, it is amazing to have one building where everything is here. So when a client comes in and we can go through the process, we go through design, um, and then it's opinions as well. You know, does it look good with this? Does it look good with that? You know, And the customization of the dials. Yeah. Can you do stuff locally as well? Yeah. Um, and would you get me the dial color? You know, the, the plastic, the, the sheet with the... So uh, I've got a... Carrera, yeah. Uh, so there we go. That's the yeah the pigeon Carrera. So the brand new Carrera with the pigeon on. And yeah. the coolest thing about it is, uh, I don't know if you can see, but it, yeah. the pigeon yeah. illuminates. So I'm doing it wrong, but the pigeon illuminates. Yeah. So it's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you're thinking about colours, yeah. So when I can say to you reds, yeah. if you look at the amount of reds on this side, yeah. you know, it's absolutely amazing. And yeah. greens. And that's basically, and these are actual discs. So if I go to you and say this red, you know, yeah. it has the code on the back. It's very much. So just describing to your podcast, I've shown you the actual discs of the dial. So we can actually put that in. We can even take, you know, so sometimes what we do is, We'll take the movement and the dial out just to show what the color will look like. But also the other thing, so we match colors. So we've matched people's lipstick, we've matched people's car, we've matched the speedo. I mean, we have this. Uh, we had a client that went, "I want to copy my Porsche." Mm -hmm. So I was just like, "Okay, what what do we what do we need?" And it was going through on the colors. Amazing. And my question to you is, so you have these watches there. You do collabs. You do triangle partnerships. You also retail them, right? So you can yes. sell them as yes. well. And then the next step in the evolution is your own brand. Yes. Take me through there. Then my follow-up question is, I saw amazing car designs. Tell me what's that about. And then we'll go to the viewers' questions because – we're slowly running out of time, and I I've, I've, I've just I've, I've just realised on time. Okay, so Banff London. I'll give you a very quick thing on Banff London. Yeah. I started uh, whenever anyone was coming into my business, and 
um, we had a service watch. And so we we developed the Bamford Mayfair as a service watch. Yeah. Uh, I produced only 100 of these. Yeah. And in the first uh, day, uh, no, let's say first week, um, basically one client came in and for his watch to be serviced. And uh, then I had phone calls left, right and center. Would Can I buy it? Can I buy it? And it wasn't a great watch. And so we just started doing it as a business and we then launched, I was like, okay, Mayfair, where are we going next? So we did Mayfair Sport, mm -hmm. that is an asymmetrical case. Then we moved to the GMT because I was like, what do I want? I want a uh, GMT, so dual time zone watch with an internal rotating bezel. So that was for me, one of the great things. Cars, I love cars. So I'm kind of giving you the whistle stop tour at the, Cars, I love working, and so uh, so uh, on cars, we've worked, um, so I, I'm just trying to think. I worked with Bentley, uh, designing yeah. a, a Bentley Mulsanne mm. uh, Speed that is absolutely amazing with a cloth interior. It's one of the only cars that had a cloth interior. Uh, and then we've just recently done a Range Rover uh, with uh, Bishop Heritage. Uh, mm. This is a vintage Range Rover. I do not have this car, so everyone keeps on saying, George, You've done it for yourself. I haven't done it for myself. I did it. The uh, A client asked me, and this is the thing is, quite a few of the things. How did Jared Perigo come around? Because yeah. a client asked me to do a cat's eye for his wife. Yeah. And I then approached Jared Perigo and they said, oh, yeah, and we'd love to work with you. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been wanting to work with you. It's like so many brands. I'm like, guys, I want to work with everyone. I want to do something. Anyway, so this is the Bishop Heritage uh limited edition Range Rover yeah. and a client asked me could you could you do it and I was just like yep yeah, we will do it uh and I designed I was like it's got to be black it's got to be a Nomex interior it's got to be engine turn dash Bamford Aqua Blue anyway the client and Bishops just went to me and said George we want to we want to uh do this as a limited edition and I was like okay it's guys it's totally up to you it is badass and I love it and it's got now. I saw this. A, I saw this on Instagram. I'm like, whoa! It's got a V8 engine. It is a mother beep. I mean, like this thing is like it's a mean thing, and I love everything about it. Uh, I haven't got one, and I and the reason why I haven't got one is because uh, because of this client having one, and then at the end of all of this, I was like, how many are we doing as a limited edition? We did a small. You know, this interior was all about getting that right the uh, and we did the dials the clocks to get the band aqua blue so we did all of the interior bits with them and it was just something so different we i just love it amazing amazing so we hit the 45 minutes before we Sorry. go to our viewers what's next george george um uh, what's next there are so many things next i i tell you i i i think what lockdown has done is it's given me time to actually go ahead and do some fun things. We've got the podcast that's, uh, that I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, GB, GB talks. Uh, so you can hear me waxing lyrical like you, uh, or, um, you know, what's next. We, I think there's some other great brands mm -hmm. we're, we're going to be working with this year. Um, hopefully shock some people doing something that's a little bit jaw dropping. Yeah. Um, and more customization. Nice. We, personalization for me is is something that really has to happen. You'll see some more things from Bamford London. Um, yeah. Already we've dropped a few things. We just did Popeye. Um, yeah. And 
I'd probably say it's sold out. It's almost sold out. I think we've only yeah. got three left. Yeah. So, that's so guys, that. if you want a Popeye, Bamford, London, go so, quickly to the website. Order. I, mean, I, I, order I, online. I thought we had quite a few left, and then last night we just had sales that just went bang, 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 and I was like, I mean, oh my god, this is so cool. I love. What does Popeye. it retail at, uh, George? <laughs> it's uh, one thousand five hundred. And uh, uh, what kind of movement did you use? There's Salita SW330 movement okay. in the GMT. Uh, Salita, I love their movements. The, uh, the GMT movement, the dual time movement is great. And uh, it's just such a great, it makes you smile. And you have to, you have to open the can and the watch is in the can. Yeah. So that's the great thing is it's a sealed can with the watch. Amazing. It's just, it's, it's, it makes me smile. Amazing. I saw you did also uh, something when our, our mutual friend, Andrew, from down under, tide and time and oh, time. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, they, they are just uh, yeah. So we did a time and tide edition last yeah. year, and we've got this year. What what I love is it's a baller move, and I I I I hate when someone says, "Oh, it's a baller move." But what Andrew said to me is, he said, "I don't want it to be a limited edition. I wanted a limited run for yeah. the year, and this is what we did. We did a limited run for the year, and it is the time and tide edition, and it's just so cool." Yeah. And it's great working with them. And they're just kind of, they're, he's just such a nice guy. And, and he is, he is. you know, we just had like fun. Like you. Well, thank you very much. All right. Our dear viewers, please send in anything you want to know to ask George. Um, Dala, may I ask you to assist by showing us some questions? First one is our friend Rocky of the Watch 4 crew in Amsterdam. He writes on YouTube, hi guys, good morning. Are there any other collabs with other brands in the planning? And how do you reach out to these brands to do collabs? Well, Rocky, uh, there is, is some other brands uh, coming along. Um, and how do I reach out? It's, it's mutual. Sometimes they reach out, sometimes I reach out. Um, there is two brands i would love to work with but i'm not working with and there's two brands uh one of them is in your image uh i'd love to work with brightlink because i'd love uh, because it started all my my world off uh and then uh richemont uh you know i'd love to work with iwc because i just think they they've dropped they dropped the mic this uh them and zen has dropped the mic uh this watch and wonders so you know there's two brands that i would love to work with um but there is other brands we are working with, and um, I can't wait to show you. I mean, we've got some fun things happening. Uh, normally, uh, they're on this wall here, and I'm very pleased I've hidden some of them. Uh, there's hints of something, but uh, but we've got some things happening. Nice. Thank you for sharing. Rocky, thank you for asking, and thank you for watching. Great question. Yeah. Let's wait for the next one. Perfect. So in the time being, George, how is the podcast doing? I love it. I love the visuals you guys do. Oh, thank you. What's what's the theme? Everything so watchmaking? It's it's uh it's oddball watches. I, I, I love I love the watches that are the heroes that aren't the heroes. I think yeah. I get bored with seeing the same watch on people's wrists. Yeah. Uh sorry for tuning in late, had some calls. I have a question for George. Do you collect watches yourself? If yes, what elements in watches you collect do you take with you on your design i that's love a, watches. Cool. by the so, way this is kun 
George, this is Kuhn, Dutch collector, one of the youngest Dutch collectors. I interviewed him for our other podcast series, The Art of Collecting Wristwatches. Talking about oddball watches, you need to interview him. Well, he has a very eclectic taste. You should firstly, check it out. you rock, okay? Um, so just so you've got that card from me. Um, what I'd say to you is I love oddball watches. I like watches that um, make someone else look at your wrist and go, oh, wow, what's that? Um, so on my series, I've been talking about them. Uh, Omega's had a massive push on the uh, on the oddball watches, uh, you know, from chronostops to bullheads to things like that. Um, did you deal with the Pro Prof already? Uh, we've done the uh, – did we do the Pro – we did – no, we did the 300 Chom. So why don't you interview Robert Jan Brun? Well, I love the Proplov. I, I, and I think for me, me too. So, so what I would say to you is I collect weird and wonderful. Uh, does it inspire my watches that I design? Yes, of course it does. You always get inspired by something. I've got Bibles and Bibles of books that I collect of watches, designs. I, I'm addicted to retro watch guy. I keep on buying random weird watches off him. Um, and if you look at my watch collection, I, I, I love things that just make me smile. Um, and has every weird watch, yes, started a conversation? Hell yes. I hope that answers your question, Kuhn. Thank you very much for that excellent question. Do we have uh, more, Dala? I think he's scrolling through the uh, feedback. Somebody sent in a question beforehand that couldn't join us live. What did you do before starting? Oh, another one. When are you making a call up with us? Good question. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't, question. I, look, I haven't been asked, uh, but. Uh, Hereby, uh, officially. Look, officially. I. I would say to you is let, let's do something. Every time I've done a collab with anyone, it's how does it work? How, how does, it, does it feel right? And then I always say to myself at the end of it, do I want to steal it? And I have this thing in my, my, my mind of got to want to steal it. And if you have that thing of if you're still fantasizing about that watch after you've left the store and gone, Oh, then that's the steal at moment. That's the thing. And that's what I think on any time I look at any watch. So if we if we were going to do a collaboration together, it has to be something right for you and for me, but also for someone else to go, hey, I want that watch. You know, the Time and Tide collaboration was, it was actually, I like what those guys do. They like what I do. Let's, let's do something that rocks together. And you know what? I know you're not BSing because I hear... And I see in your um, evolution, the red thread is friendship and fun. Yeah. Nothing is forced. Nothing is pure business. Um, business follows fun and creativity. So that's what I love about you. Um, on the same topic, Rocky writes a second comment. I like to see a collab with Ace. Make it happen. Shock everyone. So, Rocky, you have a platform. You have our ears. We have less than five minutes to go. <coughs> Shoot in your feedback. We're listening, buddy. Um, definitely. Dala, how are we uh, on the questions? Until Rocky, definitely, he's going to formulate a uh, question. He actually also likes uh, oddball 
watch Good. it. Yes, he came in. I saw him actually physically in our boutique with a cool <laughs> Nevada, which that strap sucked and took me hours to demolish it to put it oh. back together because it was a flexo flex bracelet. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm like you. Also like to to wreck things yeah. and put them back together. Um, um, Dala writes to me that uh, the, the majority of the comments are just comments and oh, emoticons. Well, so I'm going to say thank you for everyone's comments and questions. I would say to you, Oddball Watchers, they are such a great thing, but you don't have to go vintage or modern. You can go and see this year, there's been some amazing Oddball Watchers, and you sell one or two of them. Yeah. Um, and you think about what's come out from these brands. There's been some amazing things that we just all go, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. So um, I want to say thank you very much. I want to say thank you, George, for sitting down with me. I had an amazing time. I love what you do. I love you. Keep it going. It's raw, pure, fun energy. So I salute you. Thank you so much. Next thank week, you. same time, same place, your friend, Davide Serato. Oh, my God. You're in for You are so lucky to get him. He is such a rock star. Get him talking about design. What? He was on your show already. You, I know. You, that, you, that's you, the you, thing. You, is you're yes. getting one of the best designers. Get him to talk about the designers out there and what they've done. I mean, like, I, 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 he is just amazing. You are so – I mean, your viewers are lucky. He is such a gentleman. We're, we're all lucky. So that's going to be fun. He's going to talk about his time at Panerai, his nine years at Tudor, his five years at uh, Mont Blanc. So that promised to be fun. Rocky is – giving us feedback he writes oh, and you yeah. it be black or titanium or colored Definitely. in brackets with triple x which is the symbol of amsterdam yeah. and orange accents thank you so much rocky george and i are gonna jam we're gonna talk we're gonna brainstorm hopefully meet up in london soon when i'm traveling there hopefully this summer so thank you to all the viewers thank you george and thank you to team bamford for the awesomeness thank you very much i, I enjoyed every minute of this so did I. Thank you, you Rock. Buddy. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Ace Jewelers Podcast. This was the end of the Aceless Live audio-only recording. To listen to more episodes or to view them, go to acelist.com. Thank you.